0: to the sick and successful podcast. If you're a business owner, work in corporate, or have a side hustle you're passionate about, you're gonna want to stick around. Because I promise to ask the tough questions and talk about the things others shy away from. You know, what it's really like to own a business and be chronically ill. I'm gonna give you that push you need towards following your dreams and be the friend you come back to week after week to talk about the real things in life and in business. If you have goals and are working towards them, if you're determined to be successful no matter what life's obstacles get in the way, this podcast is for you. Dream big and tune in. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Sick and Successful podcast. This is your host, Natalie Supes. I have a returning guest today. I'm so excited to introduce her, her story, everything she's gone through. She's, I don't know, was it like over a year ago when she was on the podcast last? Her name is Johanna and she is an inner work, personal development coach, works on attachment styles and a whole bunch of other things, really kind of like the healing journey that people go through. And she works with both men and women. She also was back in the an Instagram guru. And she's the one that I took my social media management course from. And so that's what we talked about on the last podcast. And I will make sure in the show notes that one's tagged below. But I wanted to bring her back because she's had such a crazy journey with her own health, but also pivoting businesses and following her intuition and her guide. And so welcome, Johanna. Thanks for
1: having (laughs) me back again. This is fun. (laughs) fun.
0: I love having you here. And I love following you on social and seeing what you're up to and living vicariously through your your travels. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you. Yes. I'm, I'm living a jet set life for sure right now. Is that your plan forever? Uh, Actually, no. I would say right now I'm on a mission to find a home base. But because of that, I'm also traveling to a lot of different places very fast, like very fast being one month at a time to kind of get a feel. I'm um, traveling with my partner right now. And so our shortlist includes Portugal and Cape Town and uh, Cyprus, maybe Barcelona. So we'll see where we land, hopefully for a little longer term next year.
0: And where's he from? Germany. Germany. Oh, cool. So, neither of you want to go home. Yeah. You know, I like,
1: I love spending time in Canada, but right now it just doesn't feel like the place to be long term. But I'm committed to being there two or three months a year to be with my family and my siblings. We have a great relationship. So, we'll be back there. And he joined me in Canada for his first trip to Canada this summer. So, that was really nice. And he got to meet everyone and it was That's good. Fun. That's so fun. That's cool that you're mm. looking for a
0: home base. And Bali's not it anymore.
1: No. So, I spent basically eight months a year for three years in Bali so the better part of the last three years and it definitely hit a point where I thought I'm not going to build a home here so I need to go find where that home is going to be for a number of reasons it's basically the farthest point on earth from Winnipeg which is the yeah. city my, my family's closest to it was a really really hot and humid there for me and I joke I'm too Canadian for that weather um, but my <laughs> body just didn't really thrive there actually I thrive much more in more moderate climates uh, which is maybe a funny thing and yeah a couple other like infrastructure reasons and stuff that just didn't yeah. make it like the the right fit.
0: That's so cool. Mm-hmm. So there's so many things we can talk about, but maybe let's just start with how the pivot cuz I'm I'm super interested to hear your story on what made you follow your intuition and pivot and like
1: how you're following mm-hmm. that even to today and figuring out what business looks like for you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I feel like the last time we talked, we were talking about this pivot in a way and how I moved from the business and marketing online yeah. space into more of a coaching space. And finding my footing in the actual personal development world has taken much longer than I ever would have wanted it to. And it's so uncomfortable to be in those spaces that feel like the void of like, which direction am I supposed to go in? And what is my niche supposed to be? And who am I supposed to serve? So even within this pivot, I've also been dabbling in a lot of different spaces within it. So I was spending a lot of my time speaking to working with and marketing to men. And that was fun. And I learned so much. And I really had to learn because it was such a a learning curve for me. And then I kind of found myself in more of a general personal development, like healing journey, connection back to self area, which felt good, but I could tell it was still a little unclear. And now lately, I've really been working with a lot of women who identify with having an anxious attachment style or anxious attachment tendencies, and they want to become more secure in order to... To call in a relationship that is committal um, and also secure.
0: Mm. That is so cool. And so how do you know to make those shifts and to make those pivots? I know we were talking on the last podcast, kind of you switching from social media to a little bit of business coaching and then moving on to the healing side. I think it's a cool topic for everyone, even someone who's just getting into business or even social media. Like what is your niche? How do you know is
1: such a frustrating feeling when you're in that space? Mhm yeah the niche topic is so big in the marketing world like everyone just wants someone to tell them their niche I feel like because people just lose so much sleep over it I think the thing there's like a couple different ways to approach it but one is that we can evolve. Like we don't, we're not like putting a stake in the cement, like it's a stake in the sand and we can pick it up and we can move it somewhere else. And, and there's going to be uh growing pains with those evolutions for sure, but it's okay. So whatever you're choosing now, whatever you're working towards now, I think you we just need to find something that feels good, that there is a market need for, because I think there's a sometimes a little bit too much messaging around just do whatever feels good. It depends what your goal is. Like if you're trying to build a multi-million dollar business, you have to find a hole in the market. If you're just trying to, you know, maybe bring in a couple thousand dollars a month, then maybe it is okay to like play with something that just is like totally 100,000% heartlet. I don't know. But either way, you can change and you will learn depending on the people that you attract and work with, what feels good and like what type of people resonate with you. And, and yeah, and I think the last thing I'll say about the niching point is I really see people getting tripped up and thinking there's too many people in their niche already. And I just want to be, I'm sure the hundredth person they've heard say like, that doesn't matter (laughs) because there's a reason that people will work with you and not the other person who has basically the exact same Instagram tagline. And it has a way more to do with like who you are, the way you communicate than than we realize and also like energetically way more than we realize so I always say like how many hairdressers are in one hair salon or in one mall
0: or in one area Mm -hmm. neighborhood like are you not going to become a hairdresser if that's what you love to do or hairstylist but even like for an example it's been two years since we started SNS Creative and Mm -hmm. I don't we don't have a niche as a company like we Mm -hmm. help online service providers that's really our niche although Mm -hmm. since day one I've been like what is our niche and I'm (laughs) like It just hasn't come yet, and if it comes, that's cool. If it doesn't, that's cool. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right. So many people trip up and like don't start following mm. their business dreams because they don't know exactly who they're going to target. Does it help? Yeah, yeah. but yeah, you have to know for yeah. That's really exactly. cool. Love it. Yeah, exactly what I would say. Yeah. What's lighting your soul on fire right now? Ooh,
1: that's a fun question. Um, I have been in the process of developing a couple programs and that always makes me feel really excited because there can be lots of time where i don't necessarily feel like i have a big idea that's coming through me and sometimes i get a little frustrated by that and then all of a sudden it'll just be like one idea after the the other and they're all like building together and i'm pretty notorious for like making a program running it a few times and then like wanting to make a new program which also isn't the best strategy but if i don't know if your listeners are into human design but i'm a manifesting generator and i just trust that it's okay for me to have like <laughs> my, my, a lot of different buckets and a lot of different open yeah. loops. Um, so anyway, I'm creating a program, two programs, yeah, a classic manifesting generator on, uh, <laughs> that are, how do I want to say this? One is surrounding attachment style. And one is more like being secure in ourselves. Because I was looking back at all of my coaching applications that have come through, because they all go in the same form. And I was looking at what are the words of what people want to feel. And the most repeating words are like self-assured, self-confident, inner peace. And I was like, that is what it is. You know, like there's some other flashy words that float around in the personal development space. And I was like, I think people just want to feel like good in their body, good in their life, Satisfied, like they're creating their, uh, they have like purpose and, and peaceful ultimately. So that will be the core theme of one of the programs. And the other one will be a more attachment style based.
0: That's so cool. Being in peace is something I always come back to when it comes to like Mm -hmm. supporting or dreaming or whatever. It's like when business gets hectic and I'm like wanting to (laughs) burn it all to the ground. I'm (laughs) like, what I want (laughs) is peace. So how do Mm -hmm. you find that? So I love that. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. I'm a projector and it was really Mm -hmm. cool back two years ago when I found social media management because it was like, oh my God, this is why starting my own business always felt like dragging my feet through the mud because I can amplify people's businesses and voices. That's why I love love this so much. Cause I just, I don't want to do my
1: own thing. I want to do everybody (laughs) else's thing. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. I feel like projector is kind of foreign to me, but hearing you say it that way, gives me a good understanding of what it's like I think to be a projector.
0: It's literally like, I can look at your business and be like, okay, this is what needs to get done. This is where we need to post about. This is what we need to do. And then I look at my own. I'm like, uh <laughs> someone else <do> is
1: though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I see the projector is like having the bird's eye view very easily, which is exactly cool. exactly. Think, but yeah, try to make our own ideas. No, I'm good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you're in your zone of genius, it sounds like here and there. Yeah, so that's I good. love it.
0: I did really want to touch on your skin healing journey because you shared mm-hmm. a lot about that on social media and it seemed like such a oh my gosh, like watching it from social media, it's just like TV show. But mm. there were so many struggles and you worked so, so hard to heal naturally. And now I'm looking at you. I know people are listening, but I'm looking at you and your skin is beautiful and glowing. <laughs> Not that it wasn't beautiful before, but like mm. you looked it like you were in so much pain. Yeah. Is there, Do you, I don't know where we start with that, but
1: maybe just explain a little bit what happened and, and where yeah. you're at now. It felt like out of nowhere, I was getting these rashes on my body that were similar to eczema, but really out of control, and I didn't know what it was. And I had had a little bit of eczema on my inner elbows for years on and off. When I was home in Canada, it wouldn't be there. When I went to the tropics, it would be there. I would, like, use a little bit of steroid cream, whatever. So this rash felt like that. It was all over my neck, my stomach, my eyes, like everything just got really out of control and I didn't know what to do. And I started working with a naturopath and I kind of took like the paleo diet route, which helped because it uh, decreased the inflammation and then it kind of all went away and then it came back. And at that point I was like, oh my God, is this my life now? Like, I'm just never going to know. And I didn't it know. Feels it feels like when life. you're sick, right? It's like, this is my life now forever. <laughs> yeah. And it was like super just overwhelming not to know why it was happening. Super exhausting. I definitely had like my darkest, <laughs> darkest days in that time. And finally, I did realize, like this was like at least 12 or 14 months into it, that what was happening to me was something called topical steroid withdrawal. And so it's when your body becomes addicted to the steroids that you're using and um, is like going through literally a withdrawal. And so the thing with steroids, from what I understand now, is that you're supposed to use them for a short amount of time and then not use them. What I was doing was I was taking like one or two drops of this hydrocortisone or whatever cream for eczema, putting it on my arm every one to three days. And that's basically the worst way to do it. And I had done this for a couple of years because I was living in Bali. And so by coincidence, which I didn't realize, I stopped using the cream and I stopped drinking coffee at the same time. And the reason that is relevant is because coffee also impacts our cortisol, same with this cream. And I also decided to take a break from work at this time because this is when I was going through the initial pivot. So I got rid of stress, coffee, and cortisol cream or like cortisone. So I didn't have all of this fake cortisol, like stimulation, whatever happening in my body. And then my body's like, here's all this inflammation that's basically in- inside you. That's what I understand. Yeah. Should I keep going? Oh, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Like, I'm so intrigued. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So is that, I just want to say in the end, what it was to give people like, you know, this is what happened. But before that, just remember there was like 12 or 14 months of me not knowing and so I was trying everything during this time and what felt like was the most helpful for me because there's really no protocol for when this is diagnosed doctors are barely recognizing it even though it happens a lot to a lot of people and babies doctors aren't really recognizing it unfortunately yet I guess so uh backing that up I tried a lot of different protocols like I said I was like paleo for a while then I was eating vegan for a while then I was eating raw vegan then I was fasting so I did like a 48 hour water fast was the first one which actually started making my skin worse which really made me freak out but it was kind of one of those gets worse before it gets better things like my body really needed to run its course on this I did some 36 hour dry fast which is no food no water for a day and a half which I don't know if you've ever fasted before but when you have nothing it's just like crazy how emotional that can be also and it makes me really realize how much of my thoughts go towards food and just how much of a pleasure in my day-to-day it was so that was a crazy experience um during which I also had an ear infection and the last thing that I was willing to do was like put um antibiotics in my body because I just felt so like scared of everything and so I watched my body heal this ear infection through fever and through heat because it had I was fasting, so I had like nothing to digest, and it was actually quite crazy. Even though it was super painful, I was really able to feel exactly what was happening in my body. It was it was insane. um So that was a pretty intense part of the journey. I did these deep liver detoxes with like colonics and enemas. I did sixty days of coffee enemas, which was also a yeah, very done enemas
0: in- period of any sort. Like that is emotional and just emotional. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: it really, it really is like. And
0: then- Sixty days of not like it's not a doctor prescribed, so you're like half of you is like this is gonna help, half of you is like, am I like what am I doing right?
1: Yeah, I'm just- am I an insane person? <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. Um, but overall, like it made me so deeply connected to my body, and I would say that that is the biggest gift of this. I had to be first of all, during the is so present with my body, because if you lose focus when you're doing that, it's just game over. (laughs) So that was like a deep meditative experience and really having to tune into any food that would trigger me to feel more inflamed or not. And yeah, just like really seeing what I think stress too, like it was also a phase of burnout and recovery from burnout. And that really showed me like what my body can actually handle. And that's been so, so eye opening and such a gift in hindsight.
0: I think there's so many important nuggets in this story like everywhere for people who are sick or for people who are working because when it comes to illness and of any sort chronic illness of any sort i know yours isn't a chronic illness but it was a reaction to medication or reactions to medication i've gone through that as well you're not present with your body no matter how many doctors or naturopaths or whoever you go to you're not going to find an answer because we're so used to tuning ourselves out especially Mm -hmm. here in north america like we have so many distractions and it's hard which is crazy it's hard to be with yourself and to listen Mm -hmm. to your own body as soon as i travel I notice my Crohn's Either flares up or gets so much better because mm. I'm alone. I'm alone in the plane. I'm in a different environment. I don't have my routine. There's like mm. I'm either eating way better or eating way worse. Really depends mm. on the situation, but it always brings me back to like, oh my gosh, I need to refocus on this because mm. it's a lot of the times our body's like, okay, Max, now you really have to listen. But mm. if you, if you take a moment to step back and listen, when it's just like your tummy hurts a little bit or your ear hurts a little, whatever it is, you make that impact by tuning into that and. Understanding it instead Mm. of just going for support with Western medicine because. Like you said, they don't acknowledge so many things like the side effect I had to medication to this day, they still say isn't a side effect of medication, although Mm. there's thousands and thousands of people getting it. So yeah, it's a big, that's a big thing. And then same with burnout, we can push ourselves so hard in business and feel okay. And as moms and as whatever, and then it's, it gets to a point where you're in the hospital or you're, you know, now you don't have any stress left because you've pushed so far. And I Mm. think it's a testament to, we can, I'm not saying obviously ignore, Western medicine and don't, but like we can heal ourselves if we just take a moment to pay attention. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think if we take the moment to pay attention, we don't have to hit the point necessarily of needing to heal anything yeah that period basically but i think what we've been taught and shown through our western society which is the only experience i can really speak to is that it has to be the edge before you can take a break you have to be actually sick with like flu symptoms or cold symptoms or something worse or chronic headaches or migraines before you're allowed to slow down and i've really what i've really studied within my body in the last 6 months has been my um my menstrual cycle and how i feel on different days and I like, I can see now that I spent years just fighting my luteal phase, basically being so annoyed that I had no creative energy, no energy at all, basically. And and I was just fighting it every time. And now I can just be like, oh, this is here. This is going to be here for about 48 to 72 hours for me. How about I just surrender and just let it be and the faster that I just slow down and give my body what it needs the faster like the energy that I want comes back but I also notice myself feeling like guilty for it feeling ashamed comparing myself to my partner who's a man who's running on a pretty consistent hormonal cycle and being like oh if I lay on the couch like he's gonna judge me and he's like no, I'm not. What are you doing? Like, just relax. And it's all my own programming and my own beliefs from what I experience yeah. that I can't give my body what it's actually asking me for. Like any animal would immediately if they didn't have the human right. like complicated mind. Yeah.
0: I've mm-hmm. been starting to track when I want to burn my business to the ground because I realized it was a monthly thing. And I was like, yeah. for a day or two, I'm like, I can't do this. I hate it. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm like looking mm-hmm. at jobs on LinkedIn. And then like <laughs> two days later, I'm like, I love this business. Like, this is so fulfilling. This is the best. Mm-hmm. I love everything. And I'm like, wait a second. I see a path here. <laughs> I'm not giving myself time during that phase, whichever one it is. I don't know yet. I'm still tracking, but I just push and push and push. And then I'm like, no, I give up. And mm-hmm. I think you're also like a recovering I don't know, hustle culture, like recovering, pushing yourself, right? How has that been in this new season
1: of your life? Yeah, that's a good question. So when I started my first business, I was definitely doing the classic, like working 14 to 16 hour days, working on the weekends, like everything in my life from, I would say... I don't know like teenage years until the last couple years was really hustle like i was the person that that worked at a gym and opened it at 5 30 in the morning and i did the workout with the clients and then i came back later that day and i did it again and i worked like two jobs while i was in university and i was constantly like i need to fill every hour of my schedule and do all these things work out on christmas crazy i don't remember it feeling that bad which is the interesting thing about it because i guess i just didn't have anything else to compare it to It didn't feel like there was another option. When I got sick, I would take a lot of Advil and I would just carry on. And it didn't, I didn't think it felt bad. But now that I've had to go through these periods of like learning to rest and surrender and what deep rest is and being so connected to my body that I can feel the difference between when I have the energy to go and when I don't, I'm just like, I feel like I couldn't push to that point anymore. And then I think, oh my God, how am I going to be a mom and also have the business? Like, I don't know if I have it in me, but I was just listening to another conversation about that experience in motherhood and how this is why like, your babies have two parents, you know, like there's meant to be a lot of support around that time and the why that we, why we operated with our um, grandparents as part of the, the caretaker and the village. Yeah, exactly. So I really see how we are built to really not operate like that. And And now I don't know if I could when I do I just get I just get overwhelmed and I cry yeah me too.
0: <laughs> I literally remember looking up on YouTube workouts while in the hospital like can we get any more ridiculous mm-hmm. like this is insane no rest you dumbass like, <laughs> yeah. like why isn't there any workouts for the hospital because you shouldn't be working out at the
1: hospital <laughs> yeah. you idiot like, <laughs> yeah. You're like a, hole, a hole in the market I will make this <laughs> I literally think I made one, but
0: <laughs> <laughs> stupid. Um, but the the motherhood thing. I have a mentor who literally said this a couple days ago because I was asking her about it. I'm like, how? Because she's a little bit older or whatever, many years older. And Mm -hmm. she was an attorney and now she has her own business and she has her own kids that are, you know, in their 40s or something like that. I said, Mm -hmm. like, how, like, did you ever want to quit? Because sometimes it's just like, my toddler's not sleeping. She doesn't want to wear diapers at night anymore. I've changed her bed three times. Like, Mm -hmm. I had an hour of sleep and now I need to run client meetings or run a a team. And she Mm -hmm. said, it's bullshit that women can't have it all. It's just that they have it in different amounts throughout their life. You can be a business owner and have your business just scaled down to nourish yourself and to do do what you love and spend that time with your kids and be home when they come to from for school, whatever. And Mm. then later when they go to high school, you can ramp up the business and then you don't have to be at home during the day. And so it was a really good picture to say like, yeah, we can still have it all. We just need to still take care of ourselves and and decide which one we want to have in what capacities. That was Mm. really cool. You definitely Mm. have it in you. It's a whole different world for sure. Mm. But yeah, you have it in you. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a nice reminder of what she said. Like it's just different phases and what you're going to prioritize. And I'm assuming that the more we resist, like what reality is, the harder that it is. I feel exactly. like that's true in any year of life. So I can imagine that as a mother, like if you are feeling resentful that you can't work on your business or overwhelmed, but then when the child's gone, you're going to miss having like a little baby <laughs> because they're, they're like grown up. So yeah, just being able exactly. to be real with like the time that we have. and
0: Yeah. Like I, I had a newborn in my arms when I was taking your course to years. Years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was like super nourishing because my brain was so bored. Right. And I, I didn't go full fledged 15 employees right off the bat. And now yeah. because she's in daycare and I have more time, I can. And then if we have another one, it's going to have to figure out to scale back. And it was mm-hmm. like that game of, I think, number one, always coming back to self. And, okay. and like, you know, just like with anything else with health or, or business. We have to learn how to tap into that, and I think that's what's so cool mm-hmm. about the coaching you do because mm. it's hard sometimes if you've never done it before to be able to do it by yourself. That's why coaching yeah, to is connect so... to yourself. You mean? Uh, yeah, to connect to yourself yeah. if you've never if you've never done it before, or even if you have. As I, a breathwork coach, there's still times where I'm like, "Okay, I haven't done anything for myself for months. Like, what is happening here?"
1: Yeah, I know. It's so easy to get like back into the the rushing, w- whatever it is. Wow. But yeah, even as someone who facilitates like tons of sessions, I it's always easier for me if someone is facilitating for me yes. because they're like their presence is there. They're guiding you where you need to go. And usually these places that we're looking at and, and journeying and he- healing in this work are the places that we also don't want to see. Or like part of our psyche is like, no, no, don't look over here. Like <laughs> everything's fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so it's super hard to get there on your own especially if you've never done any of this work and yeah to me it's like such a privilege to be able to be with people in those spaces because I see them connecting to those parts and that's just like so beautiful like when we can come back to the core of ourselves, it's just like so liberating we often like often my clients there's a lot of emotional release and so that literal energetic release opens up space and people always feel more like relieved and grounded and maybe a little tender but better for sure So who
0: who's supporting you right now or what kind of coaches do you have or do you work with?
1: Yeah, good question. I am in a facilitator training right now. So I get to work with the facilitator there and what we're learning is uh I would say it's more shadow work and somatic work as well. And maybe I'll just define somatic work because I think I've thrown that word around a couple times. So Somatic therapy is working with the nervous system slash, I'm going to say subconscious, but basically the body, Soma means like the body, to connect to ourselves, yeah, through the body and through the nervous system, and it offers nervous system regulation and expanding our capacity for expression and also for stress. And generally, people are... Can I say this generally? Yeah. Often we're operating with like a very small window of tolerance for how much stress we can handle before we feel overwhelmed or triggered, whatever that looks like. And so through this work, we get to expand that and just feel more safe in our body and in our experience more often, which makes... Experiencing life a lot more easeful. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So she's supporting me right now, and I study from this Afro Indigenous shaman actually, which is very interesting. She's teaching lots of deep spiritual lessons that are yeah, just like so fascinating. So I like learning from her. It's not a one on one container, but it's it's really cool and it's um super interesting to hear how her teachings and Western medicine slash Western psychology actually have so much in common. The language is just really different, and I feel like they're not they're not so far apart actually some of the the teachings that we have so it's pretty cool
0: that's so cool I'd love to know who that is follow them Mm -hmm. yeah her name's Rael
1: um I would have to like look up her handles and stuff yeah yeah. that's Mm -hmm. so cool
0: and anything else you got going on that you want to share or I Mm -hmm.
1: I don't know what is most alive like attachment Attachment theory and uh, attachment styles, which is something I've mentioned here and there, is probably what's most alive for me. And for people that don't know, attachment theory, I guess would be the right word, is the study of how we relate to each other, basically, and how we love based on how we've learned to love and our experiences of like relating to each other and love. And it's usually split up. People say the words like anxious, attachment style, avoidant, um, disorganized as one, and secure attachment. And what's been so powerful for me, yeah. Let's take it back to me. The part that I like don't, didn't want to admit when I went into this work is that I had like a super anxious attachment style and it manifested as attracting a lot of partners who were probably not going to ever commit to me, who were, I would say, emotionally unavailable, just in that's where they were in their life. And it felt so painful for me to keep like, feeling like oh my type of man is someone who's a busy entrepreneur who doesn't have time for me and who doesn't want to commit and i ended up in a lot of dating situations that were as you might say like situationships where it would last like 2 or 3 months and then and nothing else and it would cause me like so much discomfort and pain in in myself like i felt like i wanted to reach for them but i was scared to be rejected so internally i was feeling very like anxious and almost needy but externally i would just play it super cool and doing that is self abandonment. You know, Mm -hmm. I was for sure crossing my own boundaries, completely disconnected from my needs. And I really had to hit a point of seeing I'm the common denominator here. (laughs) this is really painful before I was able to make a shift. And even when I could see that I still watched myself walk down the road of pursuing this type of person again, thinking right. now, because I know better, I can like <laughs> play this game a little different. And it was still incredibly painful. and disappointing. Because you
0: shared about a breakup, re- like recently in social media life, like the beginning of the year ish. Right. Mm-hmm. I remember watching some TikToks, and then now you're in a relationship.
1: So I was yeah. curious
0: if that's the same person. I wasn't going to bring it up, but
1: since you did <laughs> yeah it's interesting I would like to make a podcast on my own um about this someday too but that was interesting because that relationship that I ended is not the one that I'm I'm in now but that one didn't follow the same pattern and because of that I really felt like I was like walking a path with someone who in a lot of ways was healing and was very secure and very nourishing Because that was the right- like the first one I saw you really share about right for sure and that was the only like the relationship that was like, this is a relationship. This is my boyfriend. The other people that I dated, I would say, are these like situationships. It was never like an official thing. This is my boyfriend. Um, Felt, yeah, like super nourishing. He was super caring. He was very generous. And in a lot of ways, I was like, wow, this is what I've been missing. But there was pretty poor communication. and And in the end, I think... In the end, it was a big rug pull. And he um he kind of just like spoke out to me some desires of what he wanted for a wife that were super different than who I am. And his <laughs> what was happening for him was he just assumed I would change completely, basically. And he thought if I was like with him long enough. Anyway, I see <laughs> I see on your face that you're like, wait, what? And that's yeah, what my experience was too. Like I was like, wait, what? <laughs> that's yeah, yeah basically <laughs> what it was. And um, yeah, so it was like really emotional. I don't know how to explain it other than a rug pull. But I was just like, wait, was I like tricked? Like, are you even the same person? So yeah, it really shook my self-trust because I thought, how could I get this so wrong? Like, how did I miss that this was happening kind of and how, yeah, it was just like very confusing. And in the middle of that breakup, I was like crying in my room. And all of a sudden I had this download, I would say that's like, It actually won't be that long till you're in another relationship. And I was like, I don't want to be in another relationship. Like I kind of want this one to work and I'm sad. And there's like no way I'm going to connect to anyone else. And I don't like, I don't know what this thought is, but whatever. But then actually sure enough, I met my current partner, like kind of shortly after. And that was something that required a lot of very strong communication to journey in the beginning together, because he was at a point where he was really ready for a relationship. I was at a point where I was like, I actually don't like I, I love spending time with you. I feel really connected to you. You are incredible. And I don't feel emotionally available right now. And so he was an angel at taking it super slow, giving me the space, even him being willing to like, like walk away he left Bali and just like give me ev- all the space that I needed he was so patient and there were some points where I was like no this isn't going to work and then in the end I did and now we have an incredible incredible healthy well communicated secure relationship and it feels really good
0: that's so cool
1: I love that yeah. thank you for sharing that with us because I know that's not easy mm-hmm. thank you yeah I kind of joke Wait, I think I lost the thought now. That um <laughs> the universe basically had to like rip away my ex-boyfriend because my current boyfriend was about to, ar- to arrive in Bali <laughs> and I couldn't say were like, "Oh shit, we got to make this switch happen or something." I don't know.
0: Oh <laughs> yeah. my gosh. Well, I, and I think a lot of the experiences, I mean, I know a lot of the experiences we go through is to set us up for what's meant to be, right? Like the uh-huh. comment it's cliche but everything happens for a reason it's like Mm. it's hard to hear sometimes but it's true in in all aspects
1: yeah yeah I don't know why (laughs) I know sometimes it takes a while to see (laughs) see the hindsight clearly and see the silver lining and everything but I think that's a, a gift of being human we can usually find like why it's all okay and why it all happened that way and and we carry on and and things always feel better exactly exactly we're Mm
0: -hmm. always growing and evolving I love having you on the show it's so fun I feel like you have to be a yearly guest like I want to know where you are next year are you married with babies
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah I don't think I don't think it will be quite that fast but uh, maybe
0: what is what is a goal that you're excited about right now I love watching the evolution yeah the Mm -hmm. evolution of like you going from hustle because that's I resonate with it so much and Mm -hmm. I always struggle to step back from it but Mm -hmm. do you set like big audacious goals how does that look mm-hmm. like yeah
1: yeah I actually feel like no I don't but I'm like, did I ever? Yeah, I definitely did. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. What is the goal for me? I think right now I do really feel like I'm craving just a place to kind of like settle down and start my life. I don't know if it's because I'm actually traveling faster than I ever have that I'm just feeling really overwhelmed by the lack of control and the like, I don't know the future. And so I think that part of me is just trying to grasp to like figure it out and have the answer. And I'm really trying to remind myself, whatever that answer is, I'm probably gonna have that life for like 30 or 40 or 50 years so maybe I don't actually want to rush towards it even though I feel like I need to know but yeah I still do feel that craving within my body to settle down and and start like getting connected to whatever community I'm going to be in or whatever culture I'm going to be in right now I'm like okay do I start learning Portuguese or do I start learning German or do I like work on my Spanish because <laughs> I want to be able to communicate wherever I am but it feels a little redundant to like learn in, all three <laughs> in these all directions yeah exactly so I think yeah I feel like Mm, that's definitely very alive. Something else that's alive for me is creating something within my business that is repeatable. Because as I said, in the beginning, I'm pretty notorious changing directions here and there pretty quickly, because I feel so excited by different ideas. But at the same time, if I want my energy to be available to focus on starting a family, then mm. I do need something that's going to be like, I can turn the dial up, or I can turn the dial down. So it feels a little bit like, uh, I don't know if you've heard anyone talk about the like made into mother journey experience so sometimes in female archetypes people talk about the maiden the mother and then the crone and the maiden is like the young single woman who's like beautiful whatever and then the mother obviously has more responsibility whether it's for children or work or community and then the crone is like the wise the wise old woman and so I feel like there's a point that we go through the transition whether we are actually physically becoming a mother or not and it probably has to do with with our age and like what we're experiencing in life but I feel like I'm going towards that like the shift from maiden to mother and I'm seeing where I am like the maiden as in where I don't want to have responsibility and I want to be really like able to pick up and leave all the time and just be independent and free and where that's not feeling good and it's not feeling mature and not in like a yeah but kind of in a childish way like I think it is this natural evolution and I I feel like it's happening for me right now Or it's like it makes sense I'm 28 years old so it's kind of whatever Saturn Saturn returns happening I don't know <laughs> but it feels like that's what's happening and I uh I really notice having to look at my relationship to control my relationship to responsibility and relationship and commitment and it's a uh, it's very exciting I love that is
0: really exciting and it's so
1: cool mm-hmm. that's
0: awesome the last yeah. thing I kind of wanted to touch on is your relationship with Instagram because you've been really open about that as well yeah and I, I, I oh god I feel you so if you want to share a little bit of like what it was like for those those that don't know you as well as I do and, and where you're at with it now.
1: Yeah. So my career highly revolved around Instagram from the beginning. I was a social media manager and then I was teaching on Instagram specifically. And all of my clients always came through Instagram and I shared a lot of my life on there and it was working super well for me and it was great. Then when I was going through my skin healing journey and my pivot, like business pivot, I took some breaks from it, not because I necessarily felt bad. I just didn't feel like I had a lot of intention of what to bring there. So it just felt like a little unnecessary. And then I think it was Already two years ago, that I was like, I'm breaking up with Instagram, I'm putting all of my effort into YouTube, like that just makes more sense. SEO, blah blah blah. YouTube is such a labor of love, my, oh my god. god, it takes so much work to put together YouTube videos. So then I've kind of like floated around back and forth. And then this year, again, I was like, okay, my intention is that my business doesn't rely on Instagram, it just seems a little too unpredictable. Even though I have a fairly established audience, like around 11,000 followers, the pivot has been super hard. Like, what I've noticed is that the people that have stuck around. Around are interested in my life and my travels and that's super cool but it's been yeah it hasn't been like a seamless transition as far as creating clients goes necessarily so I was like okay this isn't really where I should be spending my time because it's not but then I ended up doing a lot on TikTok which has brought me a lot of clients but I'm like okay I've created the same problem just on a different platform <laughs> like I I really don't want to have all my eggs in any of these baskets so right now I would say like Instagram feels largely disappointing I don't want to be screw the algorithm or whatever, but I just, I just feel screw the algorithm. <laughs> yeah, it feels like my efforts are just like not landing. And then yeah. I feel uh, chaotic and I don't want to, I, I try not to make it mean anything about me or what I'm saying or anything. Mm-hmm. It's just like, mm, are the hours that I'm spending here actually taking me in any direction that I want to go in my life, whether it's just like life or business or connections or network or anything, I don't know. I don't feel super convinced. So I would say that's where I'm at. I'm seeing the way that Instagram is, Hiding people based on some of the things that they are sharing about. And yeah, I like reshared a post from one of my past mentors who taught me somatic therapy the other day. And it got like nine views on my Instagram story. And I was like, wait, this has to be wrong. And I was like, refresh, close the app, like whatever, nine views. And I was like, what the heck? And then I was thinking about what her previous stories were about. And she was talking about Israel and Palestine. And I was like, wow, mm-hmm. I am now being hid from sharing one of her posts because she was talking about a current world event. And that's pretty messed up. So that feels bad. And yeah, that's basically it. I still feel excited about TikTok. I still um, am putting some effort in here and there. And that's that will probably continue. And I've grown my email list a little bit from that. So I'm like circling back around to being like, oh, I should really be writing emails. But oh my God.
0: It's <laughs> There's awesome. always like, I should be, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I resonate with the Instagram because I I used to like it used to be so easy for me and fun for me. And it just felt like Mm. exciting to share. And any time I try, I'm like, oh, it just feels like like trucking through mud because number Mm. one, people aren't seeing it who I know want to see it. Mm. And I've tried TikTok as well, but I just can't get into it. And mm-hmm. it's just like this thing that I love so much. I can't find my footing. Also did uh, YouTube for a year. I posted podcast mm-hmm. videos, but still I would like edit them and have a team and everything. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like it's just, it's hard to find. I'm literally considering hiring one of my girls just to do my Instagram at this point. Cause I'm like, mm-hmm. it's just, it takes so much. And I, I don't know if it's like the evolution of like what you were just talking about, made into mother, where it just doesn't mm-hmm. feel exciting to share your life anymore. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit of that for me. I don't know, but I, I've been like thinking about it for a while because I show up for a minute and then I'm like
1: bye (laughs) yeah yeah that's something that I said over the summer I was like hey listen guys when I'm ovulating I'll probably be here I'll be sharing I feel good I feel outgoing and when I'm not I'm probably not gonna be here (laughs) I don't know what else to tell you but like instead of me feeling guilty for being hot and cold I'm just gonna tell you that's probably what's happening and that feels pretty true every time like I get more excited to share but then it goes away I'm like yeah that's just like real but it is interesting that it doesn't feel as exciting anymore like it's not like I'm getting less. Uh, I am getting less engagement, but not to the point of me being like it's not even worth it. Like people aren't right. listening. To me. That's never what it was for. Like mm. I didn't. I wasn't even necessarily trying to start conversations. I just felt creative sharing and yep, same. I did, and
0: yeah. now it
1: just doesn't feel good. And I don't. I think something that happened that I've noticed talked about with some other people is like cancel culture. Mm creating kind of like a lot of eggshell kind of like feeling like we're walking on eggshells and not knowing what to say and wanting to get it all right and I think that's really silenced Mm -hmm. us like even collectively people are feeling this like oh I should just not say anything you know even if it's topics that could probably you know that wouldn't necessarily be turned around or misinterpreted or anything like that so I think there's something something in that too
0: I think so for sure like uh, I always come back to someone how much of this do I want to share Whatever. Um, it came back to me that someone was like, How does she even teach at the university? Because she doesn't even know how to spell in her Instagram posts. And that, like, it's yeah. dumb because I very clearly tell everyone English was my third language. Like, I can't hardly speak, never mind spell. <laughs> Joking, but like, actually, I've never. Claimed to be a grammar perfectionist, like that's the last thing. Mm-hmm. That's the last reason I was writing captions. But I used to write them every morning. I didn't pre-plan. I would just write like what was on my heart. And now, anytime I try to do that, I'm like, grammarly, is my spelling right? Is this? And mm-hmm. it's just not
1: fun anymore. Yeah, yeah I
0: think
1: that probably is. Yeah, I think backdrop. that sense of being like judged or policed is just so overwhelming that it's like, so wh- why am I spending this time like creating this thing for free? Part like, like myself all these rules yeah and I've seen some really good posts where people talk about like you don't get to go to an art gallery and look at someone's painting and then email them and be like this is why it's wrong you know like no <laughs> one would ever do that but because it's so easy to respond like that on social media people are just doing it differently I guess yeah and, yeah I yeah. wonder
0: what the next evolution of it is going to be it's interesting I <laughs> I wonder too yeah where can I, we be creative again <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah I know I like bought a coloring book yesterday actually I was like I just need to do something with my hands <laughs> I literally was gonna set up a canvas
0: in my house I'm like I just want to paint where no one's gonna see
1: <laughs> yeah and I that's really interesting actually now that you say it I feel like that was the original urge and yeah. Obviously, so, I mean, I think everyone has creative energy, like running through them, whether they agree with that or not. And we could see how social media was a way for us to like modernize our creativity and our storytelling. And it felt so good. And then it's gotten so messy and mm, heavy. Yeah. Heavy in the meantime that it's like, okay, mm, as a creative outlet, maybe not. Let's just go back to like literally the drawing board yeah, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and like sing in the woods. And then that will probably be just as good.
0: And like, I think because both of us started off the same way, there was like like so many, so much commonality. For business, it's still necessary. Like it's a necessary evil. It's why my business exists. Mm -hmm. I love it actually for business and pre-planning and doing it that way and finding connections. But as a creative outlet, it's just not it for me anymore. So yeah, Yeah. I totally resonate. (laughs) so much fun
1: yeah thank you I've never been 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 a return guest I don't think so it's an honor
0: oh thank you you can come back anytime you want anything (laughs) you have to share welcome
1: platform (laughs) thank you so much I appreciate you thank you it's nice to connect with you again anywhere they can find you um I'm like Instagram Uh (laughs) after that (laughs) <laughs> After that, they're going to be like, what does this girl's Instagram look like? Oh, <laughs> well, my Instagram is J-O-H-H-H-A-N-N-A. And my TikTok is Elevate with Joe. I feel like mm-hmm. it has more concise niche uh, content. So I would say Love start there if you use TikTok.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much. Remember, dream big. It's possible for you. And your next version of success is around the corner. Mwah!